Hey, hope you're having a good day. Elan here. Uh, today's podcast is sponsored by Benelin Forflu and uh, Little's Finest Coffee because without either of those, I would definitely not be here feeling a bit run down today, have a bit of a cold. Um, and today I'm joined by the amazing Finn. And uh, Finn is my new head coach. We've been working together for the last couple of months. And um, as well, Finn. Uh, you know, he supports men to remove the masks that they have been wearing and break free from their shitty stories that have been keeping them small. So they tap into their grounded masculine leadership, take responsibility for their actions and become a leader for them for themselves and their families. Uh, so Finn, very welcome to uh, the podcast today. How are you? I'm good, man. It's good to be here. Thank you. Good stuff. Yeah, I've been uh, really looking forward to you know, uh, doing this with you for the last few months, because uh, as I mentioned, you know, we've been working together for, I think, just about two months now. And, yeah. um, you know, we didn't even know each other previous to that. I, you know, to give some context for anyone listening, like I, you know, literally just uh, put up um, like an ad on LinkedIn and I was trying to find someone who'd be the right fit to, you know, come into the business and then that could work with me. And, and you know, a lot of the uh, obviously we specialize in working with female clients um, and based off, you know, everything that we talked about in our initial call, you know, you are 100, 110% the, the person I was looking for, you know, so yeah. it's, it's amazing to meet someone who shares a lot of the same kind of values and thoughts around like holistic health and stuff like that. So yeah, looking forward to diving into more of that today. I appreciate it, man. And yeah, like, and likewise, it was, um, it was such a big thing, like just being able to, like whenever I saw your job put up, like I, like I wasn't even like intentionally really looking and then I just seen that and something just was like, oh, that actually sounds really interesting. And then the more I looked into you and your message and what you were doing and like once we started working together and seeing like how you built out your program and your philosophy behind everything that you do is just like, it's it, it was super cool to see how aligned everything is. And yeah, it's been going really well. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And, you know, it's um, it's just funny, isn't it, how, like, some things can happen, like, uh, and, and you don't expect them to happen, you know, like, because um, I found out afterwards um, that we have a bit of a connection as well, that, my, like, my social media manager, Katie, shout out to Katie, uh, I'll try to get her on for a podcast at some point as well, but um, her husband uh knows you as well from uh was it the yeah. same university yeah, yeah we went to, or no it's the same one over here like that's where i studied um together um so he was in the year ahead of me in, in a different degree um but yeah like we would have hung out a bit yeah, yeah that's, it's, it's a small world yeah it's crazy isn't it like that's anytime you know i meet someone else from ireland like either here or on holidays like I think every Irish person probably asks the question, <laughs> oh, who, "Who do you know, or do you know this person?" Or <laughs> yeah, oh man, yeah. yeah. There's there's such a good chance that you actually do know someone who knows someone. It's such a small country. Um, yeah. but yeah, no, I'm looking forward to kind of learning a bit more, you know, about um, you know, like just different things that have happened for you over the last few years because you were in living in Australia, right? For what was it, seven years? For nearly twelve years. So it was just oh, just oh. under twelve years. Um, we're living over in 
Western Australia for the last, what is it, about 10, 10 of them years. Um, and then, yeah, like we just got back to Ireland three months ago yesterday. So it's uh we're still in the we're still in the kind of settling season. Um it's been a massive, massive transition for us. Um but yeah, it's been it's been good, it's been interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. And not an easy move either, because it's one thing to do it if it's you and your wife or you and your girlfriend, but you have three kids as well, right? Yeah. Oh man, like it's like we went over there like nearly 12 years ago with a backpack on our backs and that was it and coming back with with three kids and my wife's pregnant with her fourth and just with everything else that comes with that and yeah it was huge it was huge and yeah like it's been a big transition for all of us like it's been it's been really nice coming home and being back and reconnecting back with her family reconnecting back for land but it's also it's been um it's funny like my seven-year-old daughter she like articulated beautifully it's like they have left their home to come back to me and Shona's home and it's like we're in this divide we're in this split where it's like we're so grateful and we're so excited to be back but then there's a big part of us that's like our heart is over there like that's like Australia is where like we really found ourselves and really stepped into our own um so it's yeah it's been a big big process mm-hmm. yeah it takes a a lot of courage and bravery to to make that move like mm-hmm. I've I've never been to Australia before, but like it's it's such a task even just trying to get there. Like, <laughs> yeah. like how how long did it take you to get back uh, in terms of like flights or things like that? So for the last about a year and a half, we were living in a beautiful part of Australia called Denmark. So it's done in the southwest of Western Australia. Um and it's just this little small coastal town, but it's when we left it, it is took us about seven hours to drive up to Perth and then we had a night in Perth and then it was 23 hours flying like had a flight then a stopover and then another flight and then another was two hours drive back from the airport back home so all in all it was like about three days of traveling and lots of very tired heads at the end of it <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah yeah it was good and uh yeah I was curious to find out like what was the um main thing that you know kind of push you to to move over initially so the first thing for myself like it's um like i qualified as a sports and exercise rehabilitation therapist um back oh that was about 14 years ago and as soon as i was qualifying and everything like i had it in my sights that i wanted to go to australia because at that stage while i was studying like i had several things going on in my own physical body and like what we were learning in college was amazing but like even like I knew it wasn't like how the physios and how the lectures and everything were trying to treat me it was very just kind of like tunnel vision focused and it was like I, basically like I had a load of issues going on with my, with my feet and calves and I was getting pins and needles and numbness and all of this crazy stuff going on as soon as I'd run more than five kilometers um so everyone everyone was looking at it as a very specific as like oh it's your issue is in your calves and your feet so this is where we're going to look and mm-hmm. I was like nah there's something else going on so like as a new graduate I was like I need to look into this more so that was whenever I started doing like a whole heap of my own research and uh, that was when I uncovered um people like 
Grey Cook sort of functional movement screening, like just as he came out from in America, and like there was Perry Nicholson and Stop Chasing Pain who just came out in America, and like yeah. all of these guys who were starting to look a lot more at functional movement, um, and again like they weren't really heard of over here, so like I stumbled across a lot of their work and through their work. Uh, combine like the knowledge that I learned in my degree as well as like really going deep into what they were doing to start assessing myself and figuring out what was going on with me mm-hmm. and like ended, ended up it was like a whole heap of stuff going on through my back and my hips and my gait and stuff and within a couple of months of doing specific exercises and rehab like everything was pain free and actually like trained up to do, start running half marathons and everything no problem Um, so for me that was a big kind of like aha moment is like I want to start looking at how I want to develop myself in my career and in Ireland it was it was good I was working with football teams I was working a lot of ga and stuff like that as well but I had my heart set on wanting to get in more strength conditioning wanting to get into more professional sports so I done the Australian strength conditioning certificate and ended up getting an internship with the Sydney Swans um so when we arrived in Sydney like I was working as an intern with the Sydney Swans in their off season for a few months um and that that was my dream of wanting to go down that route um but it's funny how our past kind of changed depending on what's going on and for myself like as soon as we got there I was like I love that experience being in there but while I was there like I also needed to make money because that was a free internship and so I started working as a PT in a little boutique health and wellness gym in like the northern suburbs and so the guy that I was working with from there, he was a Czech qualified practitioner and Charles qualified practitioner. So again, going into like my interest in looking at the body as a whole, not just like going into real specifics. I started delving deep into like Czech philosophy as well as Charles Poliquin's training philosophies, as well as the nutrition, holistic health and stuff. And after a few months, I was like at a crossroads. I was like, do I continue going down the sports route or do I actually go into more of the holistic health route? And that the holistic health was what was interesting me more so so that's when i kindly said thank you to the internship and actually just went deep into the holistic health route and yeah as i said that was 12 years ago and it hasn't stopped like it's a continuous journey of learning and evolving through that yeah that's amazing i'm a huge fan of um perry is it perry nicholson or nicholson nickel nicholson i think yeah yeah i've been following him on um instagram for probably i'd say the last five years and yeah uh great cook uh shout out to john shevlin one of the other podcast guests who uh he was on episode five um he's the one that kind of introduced me to great cook because he's done the um you know anatomy in motion and uh the was it fms you said as yeah. well yeah, yeah yeah so yeah. yeah like the both of them are super interesting and like even if you didn't have much knowledge when it comes to like physiology or exercise science, it doesn't really take a genius to figure out that like there's probably more to an issue than, you know, if you have an issue with your calf, like you don't have to be a genius to figure out that there's probably more going on than just your calf, you know, because our body is a system. It works all together as a unit. So yeah. You know, if you have pain in your calf, it might be coming from somewhere else in the chain, you know, because obviously you've got your foot, uh, your knee, your hip, your shoulder, um, and everything is integrated together. So, yeah, I think uh, I think that's something that people struggle with in general is just like black and white thinking. It's like mm-hmm. it's either good or bad. It's either this area or it's not or, you know, things like that. 
So yeah, that's why I definitely prefer the holistic approach. Um, yeah. Yeah. Makes more sense, but yeah, I'm really interested to find out as well about the internship because my girlfriend uh, was actually offered an internship. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to say the company or anything, but basically it was the same thing. Oh yeah. You'll come and work for us for free, which is such bullshit. Like, like <laughs> how can anybody be expected to go and work for free? Like you should be getting at least paid some, yeah. some amount, you know, to cover your costs for things. But yeah, um, she ended up rejecting that and she got a paid. Yeah. And that, and that was it. Like I literally, as I, as we were getting ready to go to Australia, I just spent nights and nights and nights on the computer and literally just emailing a message in every single strength conditioning coach I could find. Mm-hmm. And all over the whole of of Sydney, and like a good few of them got back to me and stuff. And then like it was yeah, it just so happened that that was where I get in with like and like it worked really well. Like it was a wicked experience. It was cool to get to see their setup and stuff. But again, it was just I think it's when I get in there and realized that you're a you're you end up you're like you're a very small fish in a big pond. So there's not much like you have all of these things you want to do and want to bring in, but it's like at the end of the day, it's not up to you. It's up to like their like senior sports doctors and doing all that sort of stuff. And I was like, oh, I don't know. It just didn't feel right. Whereas yeah, delving deeper, like I was like the stuff that I was doing, the clients that I was working with in the in this little boutique gym and completely transforming people's lives through movement, through nutrition and mind and mindfulness and stuff. It was just like, man, this is this is what actually lights me up. Um so yeah, like that was where I just kind of yeah, followed followed that followed that cart down that path. Nice. Yeah, you have to be authentic and go with what your gut tells you to do for sure. And um yeah, I think uh it's probably one of the the biggest issues of being part of a, a big kind of team like that if you're only if you're an intern or you're someone who's just came in like you're essentially just a cog in a big machine mm. you know you don't have much authority to do anything which obviously doesn't feel great but it's i think it's it's so valuable to have those experiences though isn't it because it's like if you don't do something like that then you'd never figure out what you don't want to do and it's like, yeah. I think it's better to like figure out quickly what you don't want to do. So then you can be like, oh yeah, this is what I need to do for sure. Yeah. Um, and like, and that's it. Like, and there's, there's been so many moments in my life where like it's, there's, you go through that. And like, it's, it's the kind of philosophy that I, that I stand by. It's like the pendulum swing. It's like, we need to allow it to swing over one side and experience that and then swing back over to the other side and experience that and then figure out where we want to actually be within that. Mm-hmm. Um, and like it's like when we look at life through that is like right where are you swinging it's like are you just in reaction to that swing or are you the one that's actually controlling where you want to be like i think it's a really interesting way of looking at different aspects of how how we're showing up and what's going on within our life yeah definitely um that's something i learned a few years ago off one of the business coaches i was working with he was like you want to start every day in a proactive state and not be reactive. And a simple example that he gave before is like, if you wake up and the first thing you do is go on your phone and you're just like looking through the news and then, you know, you don't do anything productive in the morning and a few hours go by and you don't get much going. It's sets starts the day off really badly. But if you start the day off proactively, even something simple with like, okay, uh, today I'm going to do a workout at six. I'm going to go to work for this time. I'm going to, you know, have blueberry smoothie with some protein powder for breakfast. You know, if you start off in that kind of proactive state, 
Mm-hmm. You end up getting a lot more out of your day or just feeling, you know, better for it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's a really powerful mindset for sure. Yeah. Um. So what was it like then after that? Like how long were you doing the internship then before you went to that uh, boutique gym? Um, so like it was both of them were working in uh, side by side. Um, but like ended up like I finished the internship after a couple of months and then just stayed in the boutique gym. Um, and stayed in that place for all in all for about six months in and in, in that gym. Um, and then like we've done a bit more traveling and stuff like that. Like that first year we were in Australia, it was six months or so in Sydney, and then we done um about three months down in victoria doing a regional work and then went up to darwin and finished off that and then bought a camper van and from there we drove from darwin the whole way down the east coast and a whole way over to perth and like we kind of landed in perth for or at the start of our second year thinking like all right we'll do we'll do the two years and kind of take it from there but yeah just as as things all aligned for us as soon as we got to perth uh, my then partner now wife shona she had a job interview like the day after we arrived so we kind of had to beeline it over for her job interview and she got the job and in that interview like the, it was like oh, like we're going to sponsor you and all of this stuff and we were oh. just like what the fuck <laughs> it was like that doesn't happen <laughs> so a lot of things just all fell in place very quickly for us when we arrived in perth and I got work in another gym, like it was a really cool gym. And like within about a month or so of being in that gym, um, the owners of the gym said, as I like, got, oh, we have this like spare office just kind of lying there. We're just using it as a storage place. It's like we like we know we see what you're doing with your clients and like we know that you do a lot of hands-on stuff and assessments and everything. It was like, do you want to maybe like rent out the office? So then I like I was like, okay. So I kind of like that stumbled, stumbled upon that and set up my own space where I was just working for the gym. And then with that office, I ended up working for myself and just renting space in that office. And that was the start of having my clinic in Perth. And yeah, I was in that gym for a while, but all in all, like I moved around a couple of different gyms. Yeah, but I had that clinic in Perth for about six, six or so years. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. That's one of my questions is going to be like, um, you know how did you end up staying in australia for so long like the visa situation and stuff but that company they sponsored um the bothy was it or how did it work yeah so like it's the sponsored shona for her so she got permanent residency through that and then because we are a couple and have been a couple for a long time like i was able to go de facto on her visa and then like once you're a permanent resident for i think it's about four or five years then you can go for your citizenship so like yeah we got our citizenship back a few years ago Wow, that's so cool. So do you both have dual citizenship now? Yeah, yeah. Oh, sweet. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah, like, and three kids have it as well. So, like, they're all Aussie citizens and got our mm. Irish passports and stuff as well. Nice. That's amazing. And uh, the clinic you set up, so was that, um, you know, mostly kind of centered around, like, uh, pain relief and rehabilitation? Or what did you, uh, what did you kind of, you know, focus on there? Yeah, so it was a holistic approach to pain and injury management. Um, so it was very much taken from like my sports physio background, but then bringing in a lot of other modalities that I've been studying and learning over the years. So like you've you mentioned, like one of your other clients or one of your other people on here done anatomy and motion. So that's a big that's a big aspect of my toolbox as well, doing the anatomy and motion training and being able to do a gait assessment and, and functional rehab and stuff. So in the clinic, it's people are coming like a lot of like it kind of got the name in Perth, where it was 
a lot of people who had ongoing injuries that were going to physios and chiros and all of this stuff and they just kept getting these injuries that they couldn't get over them like they kind of come to me as a last resort um and then like i just kind of look at the complete body approach of kind of figuring out what was going on i'd bring in other aspects of like nutrition rest recovery meditation all of that sort of stress management stuff as well as what's going on in their physical body and i can kind of merge that all together and then get them get them back moving strong and get them back in tune and check with their body and um, so that's what that's what kind of how that looked for for a lot of it and then in like with my approach to movement there like for the last number of years of the clinic it was working out of like a big mixed movement gym so it was it was basically like an adult's playground it was like parkour strength conditioning hand balance and uh, gymnastics bodyweight strength rate and all of that stuff in this big massive warehouse so like that was my kind of playground where i had the clinic so I utilized a lot of that sort of training for as part of the rehab. So when people were coming with an injury, instead of kind of you've got like a sore, a sore shoulder and like you're told to like have a band and do external rotations with the band, it's like everyone knows you're gonna do that two or three times and get bored of it because it's the most boring, repetitive thing. And like as soon as your pain is down to a little bit, like you're gonna stop doing that. And then that's whenever the injuries start coming back. Whereas actually working through bodyweight strength training working through a lot of these other different modalities and learning how to move your body in that way actually allows you to kind of start working on your weaknesses a lot more and it's a lot more functional it's a lot more playful and like again it just gets people starting off that like a complete new relationship with exercise and a complete new relationship with their bodies um so that's where i bring in a lot of that element of it nice yeah that's really amazing i think it's so important to you know figure out what's going to work best for for each person and mm-hmm. you know it's been great as well like um you know one of the ladies that we've been working with for the last four or five weeks you know you've been able to help her more specifically with her achilles tendon issues and you know help her to rehab that and and hopefully get her you know hitting uh new some new personal best for half marathon times or whatever it may be and i think uh you know the the issue when a lot of physios and chiropractors and stuff like that as you said they always tend to do kind of the same things so i had that kind of experience before it's like you go to nearly every physio and what they do is just really hard deep tissue massage and i literally left some sessions before with a tear in my eye being like wow, <laughs> I, was, I was on the verge of crying there because it's like you know if someone presses their thumb into you hard enough like yeah that's really pushing the pain but the thing i realized after a while it's like so i had this really painful session i nearly teared up i didn't but i was i was this close and now two weeks later the pain that i had in my knee or my lower back is back again like that doesn't make any sense so it made me think like okay there's something else to this like there has to be a different approach because the deep tissue massage or anything like that was a very short-term solution Mm. so yeah i think when you take a holistic approach like that or the full body approach and look at everything um in terms of movement weak areas as well as things other things going on in your life like stress and mental health and stuff then you can really get a a solution that works for the long term because there's nothing worse than being in pain and i've had so many injuries that pain was the main thing that motivated me to even start going to the gym back in yeah. 2012 because i had a hairline fracture in my l4 
So, you know, that's something that's really important for me is being able to be pain-free. And obviously that's what we help people with as well as other things. Um, but I'm interested to know, like, what, what are like maybe some of the common, you know, mistakes or issues that you see a lot of, you know, the regular kind of physios or things like that kind of make, you know, with clients? I think the biggest thing is it's like, treating our clients as real people as like rather than cookie cutter approach it's like it's looking at the individual and like it's actually like and that so much of that comes down to is like right what is actually going on with this specific person so like it's like if you if you come in with an injury it'd be the matter of like all right this is the injury that you're presenting with but it's like let's get a really detailed history of like what other stuff may have happened in the past that could be contributing to that and then you're allowing yourself to start mapping out like what sort of compensations your body has developed. But then it's also looking at as like, right, what is your day-to-day activities like? What does it look like? Where, what, like if it's your, your own computer a lot, so what's your office setup like? It's like if you're driving a lot, what way is your seat positioned? All of these sort of things. It's like looking at what the habits are of the individual that you're working with. And then it's the matter of it's educating them and empowering them to actually start making the changes themselves. So like a big thing for myself, like and with clients that I work with, it's it's really giving people the power back to them. It's like one of my biggest pet hates was always when people would be like, oh, I'm coming like you're going to fix me. And I was like, I'm not going to fix you. I'm not fixing anybody. But like so often, like you hear people is like, oh, I went to this physio. He's great. Like he fixed me. And I was like, whatever. It's like, no, it's like you're giving your power away by saying that. It's like I'm here to be the catalyst and show you how to actually fix yourself. Mm-hmm. And like, and then when you do that, that's what's going to give people the empowerment to start actually looking after themselves in a different way. And like, even the simplest things of that is, it's like changing what some of your daily habits, your patterns are, your movement patterns are. Like, if you've got a sore back, but you're driving loads, you're sitting at a desk loads, you're doing, you're sitting down watching TV, you're doing all of these things that are just going to be feeding into them poor movement patterns. It's like, right, how can I actually bring some things into your day to day life? that's not exercise but it's actually going to feed your body in a different way mm-hmm. and a big thing for that is for me is like i'm a massive advocate of being barefoot as much as possible as well as floor living so spending time on the floor and um, be it like if you're watching tv if you're reading a book even if you're working on your laptop like spend time sitting on the floor as much as possible because like, again it's like we look at kids they like no kid is coming in saying it's like i can't squat Whereas so many adults say it's like, oh, I can't squat. And they'll say it's like, oh, I've never been able to squat. And it's like, you were a kid once, you had a beautiful squat at some stage of your life. So let's look at what they're doing to support their bodies and how can we go back to start breaking more of that in. And like, as you do so, like it's, again, it's it's getting people to change that relationship with exercise, with rehab and actually start actually using their bodies and moving their bodies how they were intended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I actually did that the other day. I think I was like, uh i was watching a ufc on my phone but i was like i should just sit on the floor and do some stretching while i'm doing it so i just sat my legs crossed did a few you know like pigeon stretches or you know hamstring toe touches and stuff while i was like like watching tv and watching stuff on my phone i was like this is like such a simple thing like instead of just sitting on the couch doing nothing i'm sitting on the floor kind of doing nothing but at least i'm (laughs) doing some stretching you know, so my lower back or hips are, you know, a little bit loose yeah. for the next whatever jujitsu session or for next day in the gym. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a big thing is like figuring out what's the the lowest barrier to entry thing you can do 
that's going to give you some progress with something. So mm-hmm. like if it's sitting on the floor doing some stretching, if it's like every time you get up from your chair, instead of just, you know, going for a walk or downstairs, get some food or whatever, like literally just do 30 seconds of toe touches or something like that. Yeah. And yeah. Like make it really easy for yourself. Yeah. Because uh, I think a lot, said like- a lot of people look at exercise as punishment, which yeah. is yeah. a huge issue for sure. So think we could probably like touch on that for a few yeah as well and i think that's the big thing with it is like people is like oh i have to do i have to do my rehab i have to do my exercise i have to do that and you're like you don't have to do any of this stuff it's like your choice um but i guess my change in that relationship that you have with it is like this is something that you get to do that's got to nourish your body it's like if you have pain if you're not able to sit on the floor and play with your kids, if you're not able to go for a run to like clear your head or any of this stuff because of what's going on in your body is like, it's like you can start looking at ways. It's like, right, we're going to bring in stuff that's going to support my body to allow myself to do the things that I actually want to do. And like, that's where like, it's like reframing that relationship, reframing that narrative that we have around the things that we're doing. Um, and like again like as you said it's it's that relationship like how we look at exercise as punishment and stuff like that it's like it's not a healthy way it's not a sustainable way of looking at it because if you're looking at it as punishment you're only going to do it for a certain period of time and then you just throw it in the too hard basket whereas if you're doing it for something because you love it because you love how it makes you feel you you see the benefits from it that's gonna it's like playing the long game mm-hmm. yeah for sure uh, there's so many different things we could touch on specifically with that but main thing I was thinking of is like a lot of people like most of the the women that I've worked with over the last few years they they go through this cycle of uh, they kind of like punish themselves with exercise for a couple of weeks push themselves really hard and then something happens they're busy at work or they got really bad sleep the last few nights because their kids were sick or whatever it may be but they go through a bit of a stressful time and then they stop doing training for a few days or for a week. And then they beat themselves up for that. Mm-hmm. And they feel bad about it. And then they use food as a coping mechanism because they feel like they've completely ruined their progress or like, they feel like what's the point of doing anything now. So they go on a really bad uh, few weeks of eating a lot of food and kind of like almost binging on food to, to kind of cope with that stress, but then end yeah. up worse again as a result and then beating themselves up even more because they're like, okay, now I've done terribly with my exercise. <laughs> I've eaten terribly over the last few weeks. And there's so much negativity then around two things that, as you said, should be there to nourish us and make us feel better. Mm. So they end up in this really negative spiral with both food and exercise. And it's like the, the analogy I always think of, it's like they're in a hole that they've dug so deep that even if they have a lot, like, they can't get out basically they need someone to throw a ladder down or a rope to basically take them out of it yeah so yeah it's really hard when you kind of get into that and you've been doing that for maybe years yeah it's just it's it's really hard kind of mindset to to get out of but there is a solution there for sure and that's it like and it's so much of that comes down to like a big thing is understanding why we do what we do it's like one thing it's like we a lot of people like to just look at what it is they're doing they don't actually ask why they're doing that in the first place like they don't like why am i actually why am i going through this pattern what is the things that are triggering me that is causing me to react in this way 
whereas they're just trying to like fix the problem that they're not actually trying to find a solution to what causes the problem in the first place um so like and that's where support is massive like that's where support comes in huge like even just had it this last week with one of the ladies where um she's been doing amazing making all of these big changes within her within how she's eating how she's moving how she's doing all that sort of stuff and like she just had a bit of a down week and she could feel herself just being like old patterns wanting to creep in and just beating herself up and, and just being really hard on herself um but in her call like we were able to kind of talk about that and allowing her to understand what was going on and allowing her to understand the process more so and like at the end of the call she was just like it was like a whole new person again it was like it was like week one of the program again she had so much excitement and energy to get back into it because if she was on her own that would have been the start of a slippery slope for her where she would have went down into this big drop and it would have taken her days weeks months whatever to get back out of that and it's one of the things i see a lot with the with the guys that i work with it's like we're always going to mess up we're always we're never going to be perfect but it's the like how quick can we catch ourselves and bring ourselves back to that starting point is what is key and this, the more you're able to work on that and the more you're able to like like acknowledge is like, all right, I messed up. It's like, okay, what do I need to do to get me back on track? It's like, let's start that straight away. Don't wait until Monday. Don't wait until whatever. <laughs> Don't wait until it started in the next month. It's like, right, let's start as of now. It's like, let's get back on track now. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you do that, it's like, it's going to be so much easier in the long run. And again, that's playing a long game of it. Definitely. Do not ever wait until Monday unless <laughs> unless it's Sunday night and you're about to go asleep. Then, OK, you can wait till Monday because it's the next morning. But <laughs> that, like if if you take anything away from this podcast today, it, it's going to be the mindset of like understanding, having the self-awareness of how that's one of the biggest self-sabotaging behaviors of thinking, oh, I'll wait until monday i'll wait until after my holiday i'll wait until christmas is over or until halloween is over or whatever because that's literally just you procrastinating and we've all we've all done it you know it's not it's not about being like oh i'm better than you or anything but it's like if you're a human being you self-sabotage in some way shape or form and we have different ways that we do it so yeah if you can um the thing that i love or i use is like the winner learn mindset because several times a week I'll have like a mini meltdown where I have this moment in my mind where it's like, okay, I'm I'm not going to beat myself up about what just happened. What can I learn from it? And what can I take away? And I'll, I'll do my best to improve on it because it's like, when do you ever feel motivated by, you know, uh, by being in like a negative headspace or someone giving out to you or, you yeah. know, like it's a short-term kind of motivation it's not sustainable so yeah yeah, don't ever wait yeah and another big one with that as well like you kind of touched on it as well it's like so often it's like when we're in a really stressful period it's like it's like we go through everyone goes through seasons like everyone's life is bloody hard is difficult those challenges are going to be coming up and like it could be like a work stress it could be someone getting sick it could be kids getting sick it could be like Christmas, whatever it is, like there's always going to be stuff causing stress within our life. And so often people allow them times to throw them off what it is that they're doing. So you had a really good streak with your training, like food's going really well. And then you're hit with this stressful period. And then you're like, oh, it's okay. I'll let that stuff slide while I'm just getting through this stressful period. And then it'll start back again. 
But I guess one of the things is like very much that I speak into a lot is when you're in them stressful periods, this is where you need to double down on the things that you're doing that's going to keep you grounded and keep you connected within yourself. Like this is like I'm basically in like one of the longest periods of that for myself um, right now. And it's like like with the last two months in Australia and the, the first three months here in Ireland, like they have been fucking tough sorry if i'm not allowed to course around like they have been challenging they have been so challenging in so many ways like mentally emotionally physically everything like has been it's been a really 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 difficult season but i know it's like as i've been going through this is like this is where i need to have a really solid plan set up for myself from a daily non-negotiables of what i'm doing to look after myself with that because i know my my pattern is in a stressful period is like i don't eat as good i skip exercise because i'm worried about looking after my family making sure everyone else is okay i i'm not eating as good because like you just have like your energy isn't there with it and then that's when old patterns start creeping in it's like where i'm not sleeping as good all of that other stuff and like that just is a downward spiral into into a lot of other stuff that's it's just challenging and like a lot of people can relate to that so I know that is what happens whenever I'm in a stressful period. So that's where I made a promise to myself, whereas like I need to make sure that I'm actually really looking after myself. So every single day without without hesitation, like I'm doing some form of exercise. Like if that's a big heavy weight session, if that's just like a active recovery session where it's doing loads of mobility, whatever that might be, is like I am making sure I am moving my body every single day because I know that is one of the biggest pillars for me that just allows me to come back into my body and allows me to manage all of that stress. Like another big fo- focus that every single day that I'm doing is journaling. So it's making sure I'm either in the morning time or at night time or both, like as much as I can is like getting my thoughts on paper because when we're stressed so often we're just churning over in our mind and then like we're just causing more noise in there whereas getting thought like practicing journaling practicing getting your thoughts down on the paper is a really good way of actually just processing all everything that's going on and helping you to manage yourself a lot more and like so like since then like it's like it has been such a such a pivotal aspect for myself over this last period being able to do these things for myself and how it is that i'm able to hold myself, hold my family, hold all of the things down that's happening at the moment. Whereas I could have easily said, it's like, oh, I'm just in a really tough tough season. I'll kind of let some of that stuff slide. And when we kind of come up breathing again, like then I'll, I'll get back on track. But nah, it's it doesn't work that way. Yeah, no, definitely. So I'm intrigued to find out like some of the specifics of what you've been doing. So like, um, obviously you mentioned journaling mentioned like flexibility mobility sessions so with those in particular like are you doing them at home or are you going to the gym how long are you doing them for like what kind of stuff are you are you doing in those sessions uh the vast majority of my training is at home it's just like it's just where how i've got things set up at the moment um like i'm in the process of getting like my new space set up in the local village that's got a gym and all attached to it but like again i'm lucky if i get in there once a week um for uh, for now um but so at the moment like my number one thing was to get something that i can hang off and do chin-ups or pull-ups off and get like a big ass heavy kettlebell um, so like that's that's what it was one of the first things that I sourced when we got here so then I can do my workouts at home and so it's either going to be like then trainings could be anything from like a 20 minute circuit or it could be like a big really good full he- heavy heavy 45 minute session Um, working with a lot of kind of like it's just a whole heap of different exercises like there's certain things that I'm working on and working towards at the moment with that 
and then it's getting out for getting back into running again so it's getting back out for runs um, at least once a week um, but then for the mobility sessions a lot of that is just focusing on like again i just know my body getting back running getting back doing heavy squatting and stuff like that is like it's like my hips lower back is the areas that i just really focus on just to kind of keep on top of so that's be it using like a lacrosse ball massage ball to loosen out things and then just a whole heap of hip openers and um working through lots of different fun stuff there sounds good and what are some of the things that you're working towards like do you have some specific goals with different movements or like what's the kind of goal at the moment um for the last two years like i've been getting massive into kettlebells um i just haven't got my kettlebell collection back up to speed yet so it's it's i'm limited with what it can do like i'm really like i was loving that like before we left australia like i was absolutely loving that so i was doing like lots of heavy turkish get-ups so like i got up to like 32 kg turkish get-ups um and like that just feels really solid being able to do doing reps of that um and then like i was doing like a lot of kettlebell snatches and uh stuff like that so the kettlebell training isn't like it's not my main focus now because i just don't have the bells available for for that so it's more so it's just getting just working on full body strength like i'm really enjoying getting back into squatting uh barbell squats um even to get up to 100 for reps again so pretty close to that um i haven't done any barbell stuff in probably about five years so it was, it's been really cool getting back into that and then my other big one is like um want to middle of next year wanting to do some stupid ultra marathon thing again because it's been a while since i've done one of them and yeah i like there's there's a lot of beautiful places over here in ireland that i want to explore and my favorite way to explore them is is running so yeah i want to get into like i haven't haven't figured out exactly what that's going to be yet but like it's going to be something like a, like a 50k or something somewhere um and like yeah i'll figure that one out in, in a little bit nice yeah that sounds challenging the longest run i've ever done before was a half marathon and uh, i just did it by myself um i was like <laughs> i was going through this crazy phase of like listening to david goggins a lot <laughs> so, uh i i had like read his whole book um or listened to it on audible and then I was kind of, it was around like the the start of COVID, like um, I think it was like June or July 2020. And I was kind of at a part of my life where I felt like I really needed to prove to myself that I could do certain things because like mm. training for me and for a lot of people is, you know, a huge confidence booster. And it's like, if you can push yourself beyond limits that, you know you never thought you could get past and you can prove to yourself certain things then it's a massive boost uh, yeah the confidence overall so i had this idea of like okay i'm gonna get two hours sleep and then i'm gonna go to the park and do some pull-ups and push-ups and go for a run so what i ended up doing was like i think i went to sleep at about 12 o'clock i woke up at 2 30 i went down to the park and then i did like 100 pull-ups 100 push-ups 100 sit-ups took me ages i was probably there for about an hour and a half because i had to do whatever like 33 sets of three or something on the <laughs> yeah it was ages and then ended up doing a 20k uh mm -hmm. basically like a half marathon after that in like i think it was like two hours 14 yeah like for about a week after it, my legs like <laughs> <laughs> 
I could have done I could have done with one of those like electric powered wheelchairs. Yeah. But yeah, that's the most I ever done. I was like, oh, I don't think I I really enjoy like half half like marathons or distance running. I think I prefer shorter ones. Yeah. Doing a 50k is gonna be something else. But um have but you that's it, like and it's like it's with that sort of stuff, it's I love using like weight training and all of that stuff is really good. It's just working on the discipline where you're working towards certain goals. But like for me, like endurance running is it's like the mental game. Like I I get so much value from running endurance stuff for the mental challenge more than anything because like our bodies are capable of so much more. Like it's like David Goggins talks about it a lot. Whereas like it's like when your body give is is given up, like you're only at forty percent. Like there's so much more that we can do. So if we're able to break through that mental block with it, and like that's what I love tapping into. So for myself, like it's like yeah, back about ten years ago or so, that's when I, like I was doing like a good few half marathons and stuff at that stage, and was doing like sprint triathlons and everything. Um, but like always there was something that really intrigued me about ultra endurance running. Like I always said is I guess weird, I always say is like the thoughts of training for a marathon bores the absolute life out of me, but the thoughts of training for an ultra really intrigued me. Like and it's like it doesn't make sense because you're running longer than what you what would be for a marathon. Um and like it was something that was always there. And back, what was it? It was back probably about four years now. Um I'd been saying it's like I want to do one soon. I want to do one. And then like one just popped up. So that I said I was gonna go first. So like there was a 12 hour ultra endurance race on in Perth. Um so just I just signed like I think I watched that up one night watching one of the ridiculous I think it was like the Barkley the Barkley running on it's like a running Netflix documentary on like the Barkley endure ultra endurance event. It's one of the hardest endurance events in the world. And like straight after that, like I got on the internet finding ways that there has to be one I found one signed up to it and it was like six months away and then like, I kind of forgot about it for about four months and then the last couple of months I was like shit I better actually train for this um, so I just started smashing out my training for that and it was amazing like I absolutely loved it like in my training like it's I knew it was a mindset thing and I knew it was a technique thing it was like with running is all about your technique um and just what and like and cardiovascular wise i know i have it in the, in the bag it was just how my body would respond to it and in my training like i was really happy i got up to 37 kilometers was the furthest i ran in my training sessions um so it's like once i have 37 kilometers i know i've got a heat more in the tank because i felt really fresh after that run um so when i went up for the 12 hour run it was basically like a two and a half kilometer loop like we started at something like five o'clock in the morning um and you're just running two and a half kilometer loops and every few hours like the change the direction and you're going back around the opposite way and like you're just doing that for 12 hours straight and it's like you have your little <clears throat> had a little tent set up with all of my food and all of my stuff there like and anything that i needed so like anytime like you needed a stop or a bit of a pit stop or anything like that you just kind of sort yourself out and then just get back running around the loops and it was probably one of the most it was probably one of the cha- most challenging but most amazing experiences of my life like it's what I learned about myself in those 12 hours. It's just, it's just next level. And at, at the end of it is like, end up like running 80, 87 kilometers in 12 hours. Wow. That's pretty insane. Yeah. But it's- I guess just like, it's I think so much of that is like, when we are focused on our mind, what's going on within our head, all of that stuff like our body can do so much more and you're like right where else am i not tapping into some of this potential that i'm actually capable of and yeah like it's huge 
yeah no, that's amazing fair play it's uh you know i think a lot of people like you, you don't need to think about uh doing an ultra marathon initially like you can literally just try and figure out okay what can i not do right now mm. and then work towards doing that and then once you like for example most of the women that that we coach it's like getting your first full push-up yeah that's that's the ultra marathon you know yeah oh 100 because it's like upper body strength is the thing that that most women will struggle with so over a three or four month time period you know bringing uh there's a very simple process you can you can go through of like getting your modified push-up up to maybe 25 or 30 working on a full eccentric push-up getting that up to maybe 10 or so and then once you've got that up there then you'll have the strength to do a full push-up mm-hmm. and it's like that's a similar thing to the ultra marathon but just in um it's kind of like easier to think of it as something more achievable because obviously yeah. like how many people are going to do an ultra it's going to be for <laughs> yeah but yeah that's what i mean it's like you want to figure out like what's going to be challenging for you and then work towards it for three or four months prove to yourself that you can do it and the amount of confidence that you're going to get from doing something that you maybe thought you could never do is going to be unbelievable yeah and that's going to serve as like the foundation for so much more because when you start to i always think of it as like a game because like i've just grown up playing pokemon or playing you know uh grand theft auto or playing call of duty or fifa or, or whatever it is and it's like i always think of it as like okay what do i need to do to unlock my next level like how do i level up and then unlock these new skills or new things and yeah. if you know, once you start to unlock and, and realize some of your potential of what you can do, then it really opens your eyes to be like, oh, well, if I can do one full push up, like maybe I can do one full chin up. Maybe I can actually go and run a 5K or maybe, yeah. you know, I can do whatever X, Y, Z. But yeah, it's like it's amazing how much confidence you get from realizing what you can do with your body. Yeah. And that's it. Like, it's like, so it's, it's looking, it's like what's outside of your comfort zone right now. And then it's just getting you setting your target for that. And like, I think the big thing where a lot of people kind of like trip up with it is like, they find something that they want to do, like a goal that they want to work on. But then like where they are now compared to where they want to be, like that gap is too big. And then they let that gap actually sabotage themselves. Whereas like the way I love to look at it is like, right, where are you now? Where is it that you want to be? So it's like, right. What is your push-up like now? What does a full push-up look like? It's like who what needs to happen in that space? And like it's just working out that plan of what that actually looks like. And like what is the smallest, simplest little thing that you can do every single day that's gonna help get you towards that goal? And like it's like if we can break that three-month goal down into like a daily action, like it just it gets starting to create them habits that's gonna just make it inevitable that you're gonna reach that goal. Yeah, definitely. Um, one of the main things that, you know, if you ever read many books on like, uh, getting good at anything, gamifying the process is always a big thing that most people talk about. Yeah. It's like the way, um, the way I visualize it in my, my head, it's like, if I have a goal of like, um, uh, one of my goals at the moment I'm working towards is I want to get fairly proficient in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So my idea is like, okay, once I get to a hundred hours on the mat, then I'm going to unlock that level of proficiency for sure. Yeah. In my mind, I have this, like this progress bar 
And every time I do a session, it's like most sessions are about an hour. So I need to do a hundred sessions to unlock yeah. that proficiency level. But every time I do a session, it's like, okay, uh, session 18, I did last week. So I've got 18% in the green, yeah. you know, yeah. and I constantly have that visual in my mind of like, every time I do this, another session, I'm unlocking more and more and more. So obviously that won't work for everybody, but you want to try and figure yeah. out how can you turn things into a game and then mm-hmm. give yourself rewards along the way as well, you know? Yeah. And that's like it's even like when you're talking about that, like when you look at it in that process of you say it's like a hundred sessions that you're t- taking off and you know where you are to start to burn to where you'd be at the end of the hundred sessions is gonna be huge. Whereas it's it's looking at the it's looking at the long-term aspect of what it is that you're looking at. Whereas people like we're just so used to just short-term gratification. Whereas like when you look at them sessions guaranteed, if you were just focusing on each session, some sessions you're going to go in, you're like, yeah, I killed it today. And other sessions go in. It's like, that was just crap. It's like, I feel like I'm learning nothing, all of this stuff. Like if you're just focusing on session per session, your motivation is going to drop off a lot more. Like you're not going to be, you're not going to feel like you're progressing as well as possible because like you're caught caught up in that short-term thinking. Whereas when you're locking, when you're looking at that bigger picture, like it's, that's, that's the key. And like, this goes for like, I think this is a massive one for like nutrition as well, especially with the women that we're working with um, through the programs. It's like when they're looking at making changes with their nutrition, it's like how we set up these guidelines. They're very different from a lot of like nutrition programs out there because like the programs is just it's like, how can we lose you as much weight as possible in the short time as possible? And you're like, yeah, you're going to lose a lot of weight, but you're not learning anything. And as soon as you stop, it's not sustainable. So you've got to start creeping back on. Whereas when you're looking at a healthy relationship with your food, you're starting to understand your food so much better, what works in your body, what doesn't. And and looking at that long-term aspect of it, you're going to see that steady drops in your weight. And you're going to see is like, actually, this works in with my lifestyle. This works with, with how I'm able to go out and enjoy myself a little bit more at the weekend and it's still not affecting the results that I'm going towards. But it's that long-term thinking rather than that short-term. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, That's pretty one of the biggest curses that we all have in today's society is short-term gratification because everything's yeah. like the six minute abs program or <laughs> you know it's like the 10 day detox or the lose five kilos in five minutes bs whatever you know yeah and that's it's such a smart market employee because everybody wants the quick fix but the quick fix doesn't exist because yeah it, everybody would have the results of the life that they want you know yeah so it's like the sooner you can get yourself out of that it's like that um you seen the matrix before yeah matrix is like my all-time favorite film uh because you know you really have to and if you've seen the film like you'll understand what i mean but you essentially have to like reprogram your mind like we're conditioned to think certain ways and it's up to us to reprogram how we think so a simple example is like most of us will think in the short term or we want we want instant gratification we want it now but i have to do any work but over time you can you can reframe things and you can essentially change your your inner software to think like okay i need to look at the long term and like imagine how much i can achieve with my strength or fitness or weight loss in the next year or five years um instead of being like oh what's going to happen by tomorrow or by next saturday or you know 
something like that um because like i think if you like really zoom out and you look at your whole life you know the average male will live till about 77 78 average female to about 80 82 in ireland anyway and so if you like are let's say 45 years old right now and you're a woman you've most likely got about 35 years left so so why would looking at your exercise and nutrition and stress management and your mental health why would focusing on the short term make any sense when you're planning on living for another 35 years surely you'd zoom out and think like okay well what are some things i can do on a daily basis that's going to give me the best quality of life for the next or my last 35 years however you want to look at it you know yeah yeah so true just a complete like reframe of like how you're thinking and you know yeah Mm. yeah it's really important um i was uh curious to find out more you know about the the men's work you've been doing as well yeah so like when i read it out earlier you know um you said that you support men to remove the masks that they've been wearing and break free from their shitty stories that was the start of what you'd mentioned uh, or what i wrote read out at the start so what are like what what would an example be of of some of the masks that that men might wear on a daily basis man where do you start with it all um yeah, like it's basically like working, working, supporting men. Like it's it's a massive passion for myself because I know, like when I became a father, um, I went through a lot of my own internal struggles and like lost the whole aspect of my identity and stuff. And it was by having the men around me to support me through that time was absolutely key. And what I've learned over the last ten years before being a father, as well as being a father, has been absolutely huge. And it's just been able to help guys kind of see through that and the biggest the one of the biggest ones is that putting on that mask of actually it was like yeah i've got my shit together everything's okay when really it's not um like i think like it's such a big thing in ireland is anywhere basically it's like a lot of us are led to believe that it's not okay to be not okay it's like it's a sign of weakness to show that we're struggling with certain things and we just need to put on the brave face we need to just toughen up and get on with it and it's probably one of the worst things that you do, can do because you're tricking yourself, you're fooling yourself with that and you're just prolonging the pain and keeping yourself stuck for so much longer than what's needed. And that's going to have a massive impact on yourself, but it's also going to have a massive impact on how you are with your family and your relationship and your, with your kids, with all of that stuff. Not a lot of times we can show up well in, in work, even if we're not doing well but then as soon as we go home to the safety of our home that's when a lot of stuff bubbles up and that's where we may become reactive like we don't have that presence we can't we're not able to open up and connect properly with our, with our family and like and that's the hardest thing so i think that's a big big aspect of the work that i do is with men is showing them that it's actually okay to be able to share that you're not you're not doing well you're struggling in certain aspects of your life and I think it's one of the biggest healing things for guys is the first time like men sit down in a room either in person or virtually with other men and actually start hearing people sharing their stories and realize like oh it's it's not just me having these struggles it's like so often a lot of us are struggling with a lot of the same things Hmm. yeah that's something that um when i was delving more into like um like jungian psychology and stuff like uh i think it's it's like the persona in Jungian psychology. I think that's the the mask that we can yeah. wear. So there's like 
there's who there's our authentic selves who we actually are and then there's the different masks that we put on to present a certain type of person that we want other people to perceive us as yeah yeah and um something i noticed from doing therapy and like really building my own self-awareness and so forth the last few years like any time in the past that i felt really angry it's actually was being driven by feeling really depressed so it was yeah. nearly, it was the complete opposite kind of feeling that was driving that emotion yeah so that was a big one for me and i've actually seen it with a lot of uh, not a lot but like some different experiences i've had or seen different men in different situations uh and as you get to know them a lot of that anger is actually being driven by a, an inner sadness yeah. or depression that's coming yeah. from something so i think that's probably like uh and correct me if i'm wrong but that's probably an example of a mask that mm. we wear as well it's like you're trying to present yourself as this angry or like really strong person but underneath it it's it's something different you know that you need yeah. to yeah, it's massive. Like, and it's that wounded little boy. It's just like that frightened little boy is like, and like, does know what to do. So it's just easier to put on that mask of just being the aggressor to going on an attack to pushing people away rather than actually letting anyone in. Like, it's huge. It's huge. It's such a massive one. Um, I think uh, there's a whole podcast on on that sort of stuff on its own. I think. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, I just kind of wanted to touch on it. Briefly. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I think. You know, we're definitely going to do a good few more of these because there's so many different topics to to touch on, and I think that yeah. one because I mean, it's you could just talk for hours on, on yeah. different things to do that, but yeah, and we've already been. Uh, were you going to say something there? No, I was just going to yeah, just on that one. I was going to like a big aspect of the masks and everything that that I speak into and that I support people through is like working a lot with understanding like both your masculine and your feminine energies. So it's like how it's like masculine, feminine energies. It's not like man, woman. It's like masculine and feminine energies, like the characteristics that we all hold. So like I've got my masculine, I've got my feminine, but then there's also like the wounded masculine and the wounded feminine. And like for a lot of the work that I do is like showing people uh, to understand when you're in your healthy masculine, when you're in your healthy feminine, but then also like the, with the masks of it is when you're in your unhealthy masculine or your unhealthy feminine. And again, like there's a whole process of uncovering all of that to understand is like why we do what we do, like why we wear these masks to protect ourselves. Um, and like again, it's like if it's anger, if it's whatever, like it's the we wear these all it all comes back to safety. So like these masks are a portrayal to create safety for ourselves if we don't feel safe within ourselves or in our environment. Um, but as we start uncovering why we do what we do, why we react the way we react, it allows us to start understanding what it is that we actually truly need to feel safety, to feel secure, to feel loved, to feel accepted, all of that. But yeah, like I think that'd be a cool podcast to like delve deeper into that stuff. Definitely. Yeah, it's super powerful. And uh, yeah, we've been going for over an hour now. So <laughs> yeah, it goes uh, quick. <laughs> we can end it there for today, but um, yeah. it was really great to chat and looking forward to delving into a lot more topics. And uh, yeah, I'll end the recording here and uh, then we can have a chat after. But thanks Mill, for coming on today and looking forward to the next one. No worries, man. Thank you.